Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, what's up, everybody? We are officially, officially in the fantasy playoffs. Okay, week 15 is here. We're going to go over our quarterback rankings, our running back rankings. Uh, we have a Thursday night game this week between the 49ers and the Seahawks. That should be a, a pretty good game, I would say. Like, yeah. It's one of the better Thursday night matchups that we've seen. Uh, obviously, all eyes are going to be you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, you know, no Debo Samuel in that game. Uh, Kenneth Walker practicing in full. Uh, which is you know good to good to see uh, obviously if you needed him and you know so that you don't have to decide whether you're gonna try and play Travis Homer again in your deep leagues uh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to deal with that anymore I was gladly I gladly dropped Travis Homer in a couple leagues uh, this morning uh, but yeah that's it man like uh, we we can get into the rankings there wasn't a whole lot of news you know coming out I think over the last 24 hours since we did our last podcast. Uh, can, can you think of anything? I don't think so. I, I didn't see much. I mean, it's going to sound. You know like what's, you know what's funny? I'm... Like, the, have you been paying attention to the Marcus Mariota thing going on with Arthur Smith? Like Arthur Smith, yeah, was talking about Marcus Mariota's knee injury wasn't wasn't a thing all season long. And then now all of a sudden it is. Yeah. Uh, so he was talking. He was you know throwing a little shade over at Marcus Mariota. Um, you know, especially given the fact that you know Desmond Ritter is going to be uh, the quarterback for the Falcons moving forward. And, you know, now Mariota's actually going to undergo knee surgery. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be out for the season, um, yeah. which is interesting. Um, you know, so, like, who knows if it was something that popped up this year or not, but apparently it was something that was bothering him, and he elected to go get the surgery. Uh, this is not something that he got hurt. You know, he didn't get hurt this week or anything like that. He wasn't on the injury report. Um, so it's one of those things. It seems like he and the, and the Falcons were on two different pages when it comes to this injury and, and Mariota just decided to go ahead and do it. Yeah. I mean, I'd be, if I'm Mariota, you know, maybe just detaching myself from the Falcons, you know, works all right for me because <laughs> the Falcons were not very good this season. Maybe he just doesn't want to look like he got benched. I don't know. It, it's interesting. I, I think that the injury 
it's odd that if it was as bad as he's, you know, it looks like he's making it out to be that he was playing this whole time. I, I, I don't know. This It's an odd situation. I, I'm not exactly sure, you know, how to go about analyzing this because you don't really see this a whole lot. I, I wasn't sure what all the reports were. It's just like they kept coming up and then one thing would contradict another. It's a confusing situation. But regardless, I, I think I like Desmond Ritter more than I like Mariota. Um, in this offense, and maybe this, this increase, is what we can do. What do you think? Do you think this potentially, you know, can bring in some fantasy relevance for Drake London? Like maybe, you know, he starts throwing the ball to Drake London more, and maybe stops spreading the ball out so much. It's possible. You know, I we'd love to see that. Obviously, when you can dial in on a guy like Drake London, you should have good things happen. Um, the rookie, the fact that they're both rookies, might be working in their favor too. You know, that could actually get them a little bit more chemistry than Mariota, even though he's a veteran. Uh, Drake London's been pretty quiet this whole season. So really, I mean, there's not really much to lose if you have Drake London. If you've held on to him, he hasn't done a whole lot. You can only hope that this increases his value a little bit. And who knows? You know, maybe they show out the rest of the season and then Drake London, you know, moves up draft boards a little bit next season. But um, and we'll see how Desmond Ritter does. But the offense, they have a decent offensive line. They are still a run first team, but we'll see how they use Desmond Ritter. I know he can move a little bit too. So he could be interesting. Yeah, he's definitely interesting in the Superflex League because he has that rushing ability. Um, I'm assuming, you know, he was picked up during the bye, you know, when, they're, when they right. kind of announced that he was going to be their starter. Uh, Dallas Goddard, he's off IR. He's going to start practicing. He said last week that he was going to play on Sunday. So if you have him, hopefully he'll be able to play this week and you'll have your tight end one back. Yeah, you've been sorely missing him. If, if you didn't have him, you know, because there hasn't been a whole lot at tight end um, for us. So it's good to see him back. It's too bad he couldn't be back to get some people in the playoffs. He might have been a difference maker, you know, these past few weeks. But if you're in the playoffs now, you know, he's nice reinforcements for you at the tight end position where there hasn't been a whole lot going on the whole season. Um, you can probably drop Cooper Cup at this point. Uh, Sean Mavay said that he doesn't envision uh, Cooper Cup coming back this year which was not a surprise given all the other injuries. And this team, you know, basically giving up, you know, mm. they brought in but, Baker Mayfield and we'll see what yeah. he can do. But what if Cooper <laughs> Cup wants to play with Baker Mayfield? <laughs> Get the opportunity to play with Baker. I don't know any wide receivers who would love to play with Baker Mayfield at this point. But, right. you know, I I, <laughs> I, I, I get it. Um, So I think you can drop him, you know, if you still have him, free up a roster spot for the playoffs. Uh, Debo Samuel, I'm okay dropping him too. Um, You know, Kyle Shanahan said that he's going to miss miss three-ish weeks. That's what he said, yep. three-ish. So I'm okay dropping him at this point. That's like, are you really going to be confident? Fantasy playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Weeks 15, 16, and 17 are the three fantasy playoff weeks. And then on top of that, and then that's the three weeks that people's probably going to miss. So mm-hmm. no, don't bother and like hope that he comes back championship week, you know, because he might be limited that championship week, even, yep. even if he does play. Who knows? So free up a roster spot and move on from Debo Samuel. Yeah, and, uh, I, would, I would move on. It. I would move yeah, on from Debo Samuel, too. The other thing, uh, just one thing. I don't know. Would you yeah, pick sure. up T.Y. Hilton? <laughs> no, Dallas signed him, but no. I don't think I would, the way that the no. offense works. Do you think? I don't think it hurts anybody either. You know, there might be some people worrying about that, but I'm not worried about that, really. I don't even know who he's going to play in front of. Like, he's definitely not playing in front right. of Gallup. I don't even know if he's going to play in front of Noah Brown, to yeah. be honest with you. I don't think he will. I think he might just play. Maybe he might play at, as a wide receiver four for them. Maybe he'll move to fourth on the depth chart potentially. 
Um, but I don't see a situation where he has a whole lot of fantasy relevance moving forward. No, the signing didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I, I'm just not sure why they added him. And it's like, that's how you know it's like what is going on because we're not even thinking about him in terms of being fantasy relevant. And obviously, you can't boil it down to that just in the NFL context, but in terms of fantasy, like, what was the point? <laughs> it's not going to affect anybody's. So maybe they, it, they want CD Lamb to have, you know, he's a very young receiver. Maybe they want him to have a little bit of a mentor in the locker room. You know, at, at this point, like, I don't really understand the point. Maybe they, you know, they're looking for somebody, a veteran to come in, come in there and, you know, maybe, you know, show these wide receivers. This is a young wide receiver room. Maybe yeah. that's why. But I don't, is, in terms of like playing time, I don't see how this is going to affect this room at all. Yeah. This is Jerry Jones' attempt at loading up for a run. <laughs> Since he didn't get Odell, he's going to go sign a guy that's been a free agent. What's he been a free agent? A year and a half? Or was he he's another guy year? you can drop. Odell's another guy you could drop. Um, yeah. Because it doesn't look like he's going to play this year. There's reports saying that he might just gear up for 2023 free agency. Um, yeah. So, you know, and so there you go. That makes There's sense. Three guys you can drop right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. For Odell, that makes sense. And now we can actually, you know, turn our heads towards maybe him having a longer contract, you know, actually having a role on a team instead of just being like, you know, a part time contributor. We'll see how, where he goes. Just the spot that I would keep in mind, I, I would look at the Ravens maybe. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can feel that. And speaking of the Ravens, Tyler Huntley practiced on Tuesday, which is a great sign that he is going to play uh, this week. The fact that this is a short week, they're playing on Saturday. Um, so keep that in mind when you're setting up these fantasy lineups. There's a couple games on Saturday. Um, yep. So he, if he's practicing on a limited basis on Tuesday, it's a good sign that he can be cleared. But this is a short week again. So keep that in yep. mind. Uh, hopefully he does play because otherwise it, it might be a little bit of a shit show. <laughs> a little uh, bit for Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would I mean you you want, if you have like, like someone like J.K. Dobbins, you know you have Mark Andrews. You you really want Tyler Huntley to play to keep this offense you know Balance. afloat. Yeah, and, and okay. that's it's funny because we you know, we open the show. It's like oh we don't have a whole lot of news to go over. And then we just keep segueing into more news. <laughs> no, I just, wanted to see, news there. I just wanted to see if you had anything that, you know, top of mind that you wanted to talk about. These things, I guess, aren't like, you know, glaring headlines. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. And then Jeff Wilson, too. Like, he didn't practice with that hip injury. I think they're also playing on Saturday. They are. Yeah. If I'm not listening. Saturday night. Dolphins. At Buffalo, yeah. Sat- oh, Saturday night. Dolphins, Bills. That should be good. In the snow. Um, <laughs> keep in mind that. You know, if, if Jeff Wilson doesn't go, you know, you want to make sure that Raheem Moss was in your lineup for this yep. matchup. Is it supposed yeah. to snow in Buffalo this week? They said, I saw reports. I don't know. The weather, you know, it's fickle. It changes. But I saw seven inches maybe. And they oh, were kind of a bunch of uh, what's called media accounts were kind of trolling the Dolphins because they had the heaters out in a, you know, indoor stadium last week (laughs) (laughs) now they're going to buffalo in the snow they're like you're not gonna be able to bring those propane heaters you know keep yourself warm this week that's so funny (laughs) hilarious Uh, yeah it it does it does it is showing snow uh on on saturday in buffalo so something to keep in mind over if you're talking about this passing game yeah um but we'll, we'll you know we'll monitor that throughout the week and see how that goes 
At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's get into our quarterback rankings. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Josh Allen, I have him at number one, you know, against Miami. We were just talking about that game. I think if it does snow, you know, Josh Allen might, you know, run the ball a lot. Um, now, if the weather is absolutely ridiculous, if it's supposed to be really bad, I'm going to move, you know, Jalen Hurts up to number one, who I have at yeah. number two. Um, Allen had a rough game last week against the Jets. And, um, you know, th- if this was in regular elements, I think this would be a matchup that he can get right in. Uh, but, you know, if the elements are supposed to be bad, I'll move Jalen Hurts to number two, to number one, who I have him at number two right now against Chicago. Uh, not sure he's going to need to do a whole lot in this game you know this can be a miles sanders game uh but you know he's also involved in the run game obviously so that floor should still be there patrick mahomes at three in houston justin herbert at four at home against tennessee and justin fields against philly at five ahead of joe burrow in tampa you know potentially without two of his weapons we'll see if t higgins and or tyler boyd will be able to suit up this week and you know if he's down one of those wide receivers, he'll be fine. Uh, rather have T. Higgins play, obviously, right? Than than Tyler Boyd. Uh, but if he's missing both these guys, not sure that his ceiling is there uh, this particular week. Uh, yeah, I think I would agree that the ceiling might not be where it has been these past few weeks. But I still think he's good for you know a really safe floor and a high floor at that. It's not like you're just putting him in to get 15 points, you know, with Jamar Chase with him. And Jamar Chase on the field, you know, he's, he's going to be fine. I think that his floor kind of sits at like 20 points. And this is a pretty good matchup, it looks like, because Tampa Bay has been off. You know, they haven't been doing very hot. And I think this is a hot Bengals team coming in. They should have no trouble putting up points, even though Tampa Bay's defense does have playmakers. So I think having him at six makes sense. Justin Fields, I feel like it feels weird having him at five because we know what he can do with his rushing upside. I mean, I think he, I saw a stat somewhere. They had like three. Is he too low or too high? I don't. I, I want to. Like I said, it feels weird having him here because it seems low with the way that his rushing oh. upside moves him up. But I gotcha. think the matchup kind of you know negates that. I think that's why we have him down here. It's Justin Herbert. I think he's going to get it done just fine. He looked like a different quarterback last week with all of his playmakers on the field, and I expect expect that to continue. So I'm not surprised to have him at four. And then Justin Fields, like I said, with the rushing upside, he'll be fine. I do think it makes sense 
like I said, they have them down there because of the matchup. I'm not sure how much scoring they're going to do. Um, we'll see how it goes. But Justin feels liable to take one in the house, as we've seen, anytime that he carries a football. So that gives him enough upside to have him in the top five. And then the top three, like you said, they're pretty much locked in. I might argue you could put Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen at this point because Josh Allen did have a rough game last week. He did score a good amount of points, though, still. he I think he topped 20 points even on a bad week. But with the weather, you know, we've seen – that things can kind of get rough, you know? So I, I think that Jalen Hurts, maybe I'll move him to one this week, unless something drastic happens with the weather situation in Buffalo. If it changes, and it's just going to be like a, a nice crisp night. I don't think that's going to happen though. So I would maybe put Jalen Hurts at one because I think he's a safer bet. Uh, Justin Fields, uh, his design rushes went down to about 15% uh, yep. in the week before the bye, um, which is pretty low for him. You know, he was coming off the shoulder injury, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, he was at near 30% the two weeks prior and 25% even the, the week before that. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, with the bye week that he come, he goes back to his normal role. And if he does, then he deserves to be in this top five. If he doesn't, if he hovers around 15%, I got to knock him even lower, you know, maybe behind Joe Burrow, uh, maybe behind Tua when he has a good matchup. Uh, but it really depends, you know, but I, we need that, those design rushes uh, to be up there. You know, 25, 30% is like elite, you know, right. uh, with the best of them. So, you know, hopefully he'll be fine. Uh, the matchup isn't ideal either, but at the same time with the rushing ability, you know, you got to have him in your lineup this week. The upside is crazy no matter what. Yeah, it it doesn't, you know, you say maybe you knock him down behind Tua and that at first caught me off guard, but then you look at this production, you know, it's been like pretty much entirely dependent, especially these last two weeks on his rushing work. And with that going down, if that doesn't hold up, you know, the only reason he had a solid day last week is because of that 55-yard touchdown. Take that away, and he's looking at like a 10-point performance. And that's not going to get it done for you in fantasy. So I think it makes sense. Yeah, maybe you could put him behind Tua. Even though Tua, yeah. he's been struggling as of late. He has. He has. And, you know, ahead of Tua, so after Burrow at 6, I have Dak at 7 in Jacksonville. Um, this is a game in which I think Dak can put up some numbers. You know, this is the yeah. highest I've had him all season. Um, and you mentioned Tua. You know, I have him at eight, Kirk Cousins at nine against Indy, and then Trevor Lawrence at 10 against Dallas. Um, but yeah, you know, Tua, you know, he hasn't looked great over the past couple of weeks. He's had a couple of tough matchups. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, man. Like, he hasn't had a good fantasy day since week 10 before yeah. his bye. Uh, he had some tough matchups between Houston, San Francisco. Last week against the Chargers, you know, should have been doable. And now Buffalo... You know, not the best matchup either, you know. And I, and like I mentioned, I have Kirk Cousins at nine and Trevor Lawrence at ten. You know, who would you rather start? Like, who, how would you order these three guys? Uh, you know, because Kirk Cousins, decent matchup against Indy. Trevor Lawrence, tough matchup against Dallas. Is this the the order that you would keep it in? No, I would move to a down. And I know I don't want it to sound like recency bias, but you know, he just looks like he's in a bit of a slump. I'm going to add that with the weather that they're going to be playing, and if they need the heaters indoors against the Chargers, I mean, it's gonna they're going to be out of their element, you know, obviously in the snow against Buffalo this week. Um, I think the weather conditions are going to play into it. The offense hasn't been clicking like it has been recently. I think most of that is because of Tua. So I'm going to move him down. I would put him down at 10, maybe. I would put him underneath Trevor Lawrence and Kirk Cousins. I'm tempted to leave Kirk Cousins over Trevor Lawrence just because, you know, it's not a bad matchup. But I think Trevor Lawrence, even though Dallas's defense has been pretty good, you know, they're still – struggling a little bit outside of Trayvon Diggs and coverage. They're allowing some passes. You know, they just let Chris Moore go over 100 yards on 11 catches, was it? Yeah, last week, or 11 targets. So 
I'd expect Trevor Lawrence to continue doing his thing. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game between Dallas and Jacksonville, so I would maybe put Trevor Lawrence at 8. So it would go Lawrence at 8, Cousins at 9, uh, Tua at 10. I mean, you know, Lawrence, he has a pretty good test, I think, you know, against yeah. Dallas, you know, and it's not a it's not an easy matchup. You know, he's he's got it done. You know, the Ravens definitely was a tough matchup for him, and he got it done. Uh, last week was an extremely, you know, quarterback-friendly matchup you know, against Detroit. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, against Tennessee. Against Detroit, you know, he didn't put up as, you know, big big numbers. Like, they couldn't get anything going on offense. Now, you know, he did get a little bit banged up in that game. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, he did get banged up after the fact that the lines went up big. Um, but, yeah, no, I can see it, man. Like, I think, you know, over the last several games, he's been getting it done. So, I can see that. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a test. I, I kind of trust Kirk Cousins right now. Uh, over Trevor. Um, and yeah, it, it, I agree. If the elements are bad in Buffalo, I'm moving Josh Allen down. I'm moving Tua down for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, with Trevor Lawrence, and this is just something I might have him on stock watch this week, just as far as, you know, maybe next season, gauging where I might have him ranked. Because if he shows out against a good Cowboys defense, you know, this could actually help his stock moving forward. You know, he might be higher priced if he looks like he can turn in a good performance. And he's able to continue to do that, you know, just kind of break out the rest of the season. Um, yeah. I, I'd be keeping an eye on that, just watching him. Even if I don't have him, you know, just never too early start scouting the field and see what you can get. Because especially if you're out of the playoffs, like I am in some leagues, you know, you want to get a get get the get a head start on everybody else. So I, I have him, like if you want to call it, on stock watch right now. You know, if you're not starting Lawrence this week, though, like I'm not even sure I'm holding on to him. You know, he he's in New York against the Jets next week, and yeah. then in Houston the following week. So those are two bad matchups. Uh, yeah. You know, not a great fantasy playoff schedule for Trevor Lawrence. So if you don't plan on starting him this week, I don't think there's any point of having him on your bench. I would rather free up that bench spot and pick up somebody else at this point. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let's move on to uh, number 11 here. I have Mike. I have Geno Smith uh, at 11. You know, and I have him so low here because, yeah. you know, this is against San Francisco. This is a tough matchup. Um, is he too low? You think he's too low? You know, despite him going up against San Francisco here, you know, he has the weapons, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to move him up, you know, because of the fact that his weapons are so good. Um, you know, and that's kind of why I have Tua high as well because of his weapons. But you know, Geno Smith has been playing very good, and he's at home this week and on a short week against San Francisco. Maybe he can do some things, but. You know, it's tough to rank him in that top ten against ahead of these other guys. You know, yeah. against that against the 49ers. I don't think he's too low at all. I'm, I think this is right where I'd put him because it's a short week going against the 49ers. But I still trust Geno Smith the way he's been playing. Like you said, he's been playing pretty well, even though last week he had a couple of bad picks. I trust him to turn around. You know, he's got DK Metcalf to throw to. He's got Tyler Lockett. Kenneth Walker's coming back. It should be a more balanced attack. Um, they gave it to Geno Smith. They let him cook, so to speak. And mixed results, you know, it wasn't bad from a fantasy perspective, but um, for the game perspective, it wasn't very good. So I think having here having having him here at eleven makes sense. This is right where I put him. I expect a low end QB one performance from him. So this is kind of like the ceiling. I don't think the ceiling is much higher than this. I don't see him finishing much higher than QB ten. If he does, I'd be very surprised because of the Niners defense just being so good. But um, I wouldn't expect him to finish much lower either. You know, I think his floor is kind of you know. A high, a high to mid QB2. So he could flow in this 11 to 15, 16 range. Uh, I think you're going to get similar results wherever he does end up finishing. I'm looking at like maybe 15, 16 points this week. And that should be solid enough for you to start him 
you know, in two QB leagues, definitely. And then maybe if you're in a bad spot, QB one in some one QB leagues. Well, I just lost Kyler in, in one of our leagues. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm playing Geno Smith. You know, I had a chance to pick up Mike White, but I decided to just roll it, roll with Geno um, because of the fact that he has the weapons. I think they're going to let him cook again or try to have him attempt to make a meal because <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you don't want to run against this defense. Right, no. and the, you're way better suited to pass against them. So, um, I, I would assume that that's what they end up doing, just like what Tampa, you know, tried to do last week. Did, yeah. Didn't it, work for them, but it's not like they don't have Geno Smith here, not Tom. Yeah, Brady, okay? <laughs> it's it's um, it's not like they don't have playmakers on the outside. I mean, he's turned Marquise Goodwin even into a decent threat, you know. And he's he was quiet a couple of years before this, before you know, actually, he kind of burst back on the scene with Geno Smith. So. It's funny that we're still sounds funny talking about Geno Smith as this guy, but there's isn't there wasn't there a report that the Seahawks maybe want to extend him as a long term yeah. guy? Like yeah. good for Geno, right? I know, man. Seriously. <laughs> I have Mike White against Detroit, assuming he'll be good to go. It seems like he will be. But the Lions, they've given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Uh the most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks. Um, they've been giving up some serious passing yards. Third most passing yards over the last four weeks and throughout the course of the season. Uh, and the Lions are scoring a ton on the other side, right? Fifth most points per game this year. Third most points per game over the last three weeks. Uh, Preciser has this game at a 50 point. I'm sorry, 50. Preciser has this game at a 52 point total, which is significantly higher than Vegas has this at a few points higher. So, you know, they have the Jets losing. Vegas has them favored. So, you know, if the Jets do end up in a negative game script, which is possible, you know, we could see Mike White sling it in this game. Elijah Moore has a great matchup out of the slot. Garrett Wilson is going to get it done as he has every week with Mike White. So I, I think Mike is a pretty solid streamer this week. Yeah, I think he's a solid streamer. I mean, the, the matchup the past last week wasn't very, you know, good. And then obviously he had a good shot against Minnesota, Mike White did, to produce. And he he came through somewhat. You know, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he had some high yardage totals. Um, against Detroit, I think it could be another game like we saw last week between Minnesota and Detroit. Um, there might not be as much scoring on the Lions side, but, you know, I think that the Jets can get it done. They have enough playmakers. Uh, Mike White, I don't think he's looked like himself these past two weeks. I think he can get back to it. And it's funny that I'm talking so highly of Mike White, but we know what he can do in this offense with the playmakers that he has. Um, I, I like him, you know, as a QB1 this week even though he's a low end QB1 I think he's head and shoulders above Daniel Jones for me just because I think his production is much more locked in and Daniel Jones you know they didn't do very good against Washington when they played him last and then now they're playing again them again second time in three weeks so I, I think Mike White definitely can be a QB1 and I like him here he might feel a little high yeah. but I think that this is where he's gonna fit this week yeah uh you know listen like it's one of those things where, like, you know, he's at home and his his guys have good matchups. So, uh, you know, and this could be, this could be a high scoring game, a little bit high, more high scoring than than we might think. Um, yeah. And then, you know, if he does well in this game, you could potentially stream him the rest of the way. Jacksonville in week sixteen, Seattle in week seventeen. Uh, Seattle in Seattle might be a little bit tougher, uh, but it could be a game where you know it's kind of going back and forth. So, right. you know, he could be if you're if you're in if you have a pretty bad situation at quarterback, Mike White could help you out the rest of the way. Uh, Daniel Daniel Jones against Washington. I, I do think that Daniel Jones probably has a higher floor than Mike White, I would say. Um, you know, he had a pretty good game against Washington uh, this past two weeks ago before their bye. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, before Washington's bye. The Giants played Philly and 
was terrible. Uh, but he had a decent game against them. You know, high floor type of guy. Don't expect a huge ceiling, uh, but you never know. He can he can run two touchdowns in any given week. He can have a forty yard touchdown. You know, any given week, it's possible. You never know with my with with uh, Daniel Jones. So, uh, decent matchup, decent streamer. He he'll be fine this week. Aaron Rodgers, uh, I have him at fourteen here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, this is a banged up Rams defense. They they did well against Derek Carr. But, yeah. you know, we expected Derek Carr to do bad in this good matchup. You know, we're yeah. not sure if Aaron Donald is going to play or not this week. If he doesn't, uh, you have to upgrade this entire offense, especially the passing offense. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, I think, should be fine this week. Uh, after a bye week, you know, <laughs> Christian Watson, you know, we'll see. Like, he, he should be able to get it done. I wonder, I wonder when uh, – what's his name is coming back? Uh, I'm looking at um, – see, like, he, it's been so long – since he's performed Romeo Dubs, he's it's oh, been so yeah, long yeah. since he's performed that I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure who you were talking about either. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he he's has playing on played. Monday night. Uh, he expects to play on Monday night, so we'll see. We'll monitor those practice reports. We probably won't see uh, those official practice reports for the Packers until Thursday this week. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about you know Christian Watson in this matchup. So I think as long as Christian Watson can get get it done, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to be getting it done too. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers has been look, playing a little bit better as of late. So I, I would say so. And you know, you got Christian Watson, you have Alan Lazard. And then if you have put Romeo Dubs in the mix too, you have like a little bit of a decent trio there, I would say. Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the stretch run, might be a little bit of a better fantasy quarterback than we might think. Yeah. And then also just to go back on Daniel Jones, he said Daniel Jones will be fine. I think that's the word I would pick out to describe his fantasy season. <laughs> he's just fine, you know? Are you mad if he gets you 12 points? No, it's fine. If you get 20 points, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's it's what you're expecting. Like, he's just right in that range know. because of that floor. I feel like if Daniel Jones gets, gets me 12 points, I would be upset because he hasn't gone below 15 points since week eight. So, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be kind of upset. Uh, I'm playing him for a high floor, and that's what yeah. I need. I need 15 points or more, please, Daniel Jones. You know, that's what I need. I'm starting him in a couple leagues this week, so I definitely need him to just – just have a decent week. Just don't kill me. Mm-hmm. You're just <laughs> expecting to be fine. That's what it is. Daniel just Jones. Just be fine. He's fine for fantasy. Definition of just I have, fine. I have a different opinion of him in terms of, you know, regular NFL quarterback, but that might also just be because, you know, he's in the division for the Cowboys. So I, I can, I can I digress. Say yeah. I digress. <laughs> he's not a good NFL quarterback. How's that? No. Um, yeah, Deshaun true. Watson, I have him at, at home, uh, at 15 at home against Baltimore. Uh, Tom Brady at home against Cincy at 16. Um, I could go back and forth between Brady and Goff, um, who I have at 17. I think Brady has a higher floor this week, and Goff has the higher ceiling. That's kind of how I would play it between those two. Uh, Brady yeah. hasn't shown his ceiling at all this week, but he's been okay. He's been like just like Daniel Jones. He's been fine, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Goff in this matchup against the Jets, I know that you know he's been doing well over the past couple of weeks, but in New York against the Jets, I'm not you know, trying to play Jared Goff this week if I have any of these other quarterbacks ahead of him. Yeah, and I think you said it right with the floor being Tom Brady and the ceiling being Jared yeah. Goff. But I'm not sure if Jared Goff is going to hit that ceiling this week. I mean, I talked very glowingly of him yesterday, you know, because he's been playing well. And the offense looks good. They have their full complement of receivers again. So I think you can give him that, at least a little bit of credit in that, right? Because he is doing what he needs to do. And he's being more than just a game manager. He's making some plays. But I think with this matchup against the Jets, we've seen, a lot of teams struggle. Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed are locking guys down. Um, I don't imagine Amon Ross St. Brown struggling, 
I'm not sure if it's going to be matched up with Sauce Gardner a whole lot, but I don't see him struggling. So as long as he's doing his thing, Jared Goff should be all right. But I think you're right that Tom Brady has a safer floor just because of the matchup on the outside. You can't have Jared Goff just rely completely on Amon Ross St. Brown for his production. It's going to take more than that for him to produce at a high level like he's been the past few weeks. And I don't, I don't see that happening against the Jets this week. But the rest of the way, you know, I keep an eye on Jared Goff because he was actually a pretty good DFS play last week. He could be down the stretch too. I know he was a great streamer last week, um, you know, and after this Jets matchup, he has Carolina and Chicago. So, you yeah. know, don't necessarily drop him because he could be great. He could be a top 12 quarterback in my rankings, uh, you know, after this week easily. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then just following up with uh, Derek Carr at 18, Matt Ryan at 19 in a good matchup against the Vikings and Ryan Tannehill in L.A. to face the Chargers to wrap it up. And yes, I do have Matt Ryan, Ryan kind of high. But this is a really, really good matchup. He has weapons. Yeah. And I think he can get it done as like a mid QB1. QB2. Yeah, he should be. I able think so. And now I see we have Derek Carr at 18. Because he's ranked this low, he's now going to do well. Where last of course week, he I is. think, did we have him at, was it QB14? And he shit the bed. Yep. Yep. So we'll see if this theory, you know, holds. I think it might. We'll, we'll every quarterback, every mid quarterback who's going up against the uh, Rams uh, will be going up. We'll be at number 14, pretty much. And I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, all, right. all right, let's move to running backs. I got Christian McCaffrey at number one against Seattle. Uh, this game is on Thursday night. If you have a free bench spot you know, on a platform where you can pick up players, leave them on your bench, and then you know drop them at any point between Thursday and Saturday – like you can on Yahoo, on Sleeper, uh, pick up Jordan Mason uh, because, you know, you never know. Yeah. Knock on wood. Uh, you know, you don't want to be fighting for him on waivers if in case anything were to happen to Christian McCaffrey. So if everything's all Let good. that man in. Uh, <laughs> if, if everything's all good with McCaffrey after the game, you just drop Mason and you pick up somebody else. That's how yeah. I would treat this, especially now since, you know, fantasy playoffs are here. Uh, right. But McCaffrey, you know, he's been a monster over the last two games without Elijah Mitchell. No surprise that he's been the overall RB1 during that span. Uh, and the Seahawks uh, have given up the most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks and the second most throughout the course of the season. So McCaffrey should get it done this week. That's why he's at number one. Yeah, and no, no debate for me on this one. Christian McCaffrey, I said a couple of weeks ago that he would be back at RB1 by week 14. And he's actually there at week 13. So he's going to be, I think, having a stranglehold on this post as RB1 unless, you know, some fantastic matchup comes along or something would happen to Christian McCaffrey. Like you said, knock on wood, hopefully he's healthy. But I think he's going to be here the rest of the season. 
as long as he keeps 100%. playing the way he is. The offense is going to run through him, especially with Brock Purdy. Even though he's been playing well at quarterback, uh, it's going to run through Christian McCaffrey. Yep, especially with Debo out, you know, Debo yeah, and Elijah true. out the rest of the season. Derrick Henry, have him at number two against the Chargers. I mean, not much else to say here, right? Great running back against a terrible rushing defense. Yep. Uh, Josh Jacobs against New England. He actually has some rest for that calf after playing last Thursday night. Uh, well-deserved yeah. rest that his team refused to give him. Uh, but Austin Eckler, I have him at number four. Uh, tough matchup against Tennessee, but you know he's so involved in the pass game that he should be fine. We yeah. saw Samaji P. Ryan have a good game against Tennessee several weeks ago. Um, and then Tony Pollard to round out the top five. He's been the RB2 behind McCaffrey over the last two weeks. And he's going up against Jacksonville. And that's another team that him and Zeke can potentially run all over. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys offense is going to run through, obviously, the run game. For some reason, they've been making Dak throw it a lot. They did that a lot last week against Houston, which went against what you'd expect for the game trip with Houston being such a bad defense. But they kind of got away from it. They should go back to it this week. You know, they're going to figure it out. Um, they just lost uh, their starting right tackle too. Dallas did. So they might lean more on the run game so that they can keep that clean. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But I like Tony Pollard here at five. Regardless of the matchup and regardless of the fact that Zeke has been performing very well, you know, in terms of fantasy, he's still getting it done for you. And at a high level, I think you can keep him here at five and be justified. And then also with Josh Jacobs, like you said about that rest thing, that three-game stretch earlier in the season, you know, where he got all those touches, he had 34 touches one week, 26 touches the next week, and then 24 touches the week after that. He beat that these past few weeks and in a shorter time frame, you know, in terms of how long he's had between games. He had 40 touches against Seattle. Then he had 28 touches against the Chargers and then 29 on a Thursday night four days later with that calf injury. So they're really just running him into the ground. Maybe they're realizing that they should have, you know, taken that fifth year option and accepted it instead of declining it now they're like oh crap if we don't sign it we might as well get our use out of them and they're just running him in the ground so i'm not expecting anything to slow down if he continues to get that workload obviously he's going to produce but um yeah just something to note you know he's getting used at a rate even higher than he was before so there's no reason to rank him any lower uh, regardless of the matchup for sure uh I, I moved jonathan taylor all the way up to six this week against minnesota They've given up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs over the past four weeks. Uh, and like I said with Matt Ryan, I can see him moving the ball through the air pretty easily in this game. Uh, and Taylor can potentially see some goal line roll, goal line carries, maybe a multiple touchdown game. You know, we've been waiting for that for Jonathan Taylor. This could be that week. And, yeah. you know, I'm hoping for an increased role in the receiving game for Taylor in this game. You know, he's running all the routes. You know, he's basically on the field running a route on almost every drop back. Uh, he, he needs the targets, you know, four targets in each of the last three games for him, which isn't enough. Like, I feel like he needs more than that. But, mm -hmm. you know, Minnesota has allowed eight catches per game over the last four weeks to running backs, which is insane. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully the Colts can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the Colts are going to have a good day, too. Obviously, this is the Vikings defense that we're talking about. But outside of that fourth quarter against Dallas, I mean, the first three quarters, the offense looked like it was moving the ball pretty well. And it was against a good Cowboys defense. So now they're going up against the Vikings, who have been you know, porous at best. You know, I, I think that this could turn into a, another high-scoring game. And that's what we've seen a lot from the Vikings, too. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts come off their bye. You know, they're rested. They might have had more time to game plan. Um, they didn't have as bad as a game a game as the score would indicate against Dallas. I think they could build on that. Matt Ryan, like you said, should be able to get his thing done. And then Jonathan Taylor should be able to do it too, because like you said, a lot of points um, allowed by the Vikings to running backs in the past few weeks. And with Jonathan Taylor, like you said, we'd love to see him get more passing work. 
I think that should be in the cards. They should look, you know, at least Jeff Saturday should look back at what he did the first week that he had it, that he had the um, head coaching role, how he used Jonathan Taylor and get back to that. I got Dalvin Cook at seven. Uh, He's been disappointing lately. You know, three of his last four games with single digit PPR fantasy points, but he's getting the volume at least. So, you know, when when a guy's getting seventy five percent of snaps, eighty five percent of snaps, you got to keep starting him. You know, regardless of of the matchup. Yeah, that one's pretty simple, and it's odd to see him get that type of work and not do much with it. But this has been, you know, a hot and cold offense, and a lot of it has revolved around Justin Jefferson. It, Dalvin Cook is no longer the focal focal point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, and I got Nick Chubb at number eight against Baltimore at home. He had an efficient day against them in week seven, uh, went 16 for 91 and a touchdown. Uh, and then he had two disappointing games in a row. Uh, but, you know, it's like one of those things where Baltimore, you know, it has gotten better. You know, they've been stifling running backs ever since that game. And now, I, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, you know, you have a banged up Saquon Barkley, who I have at nine here. You have yeah. Miles Sanders at 10 in a great matchup in Chicago, you know, and this is, really high for Sanders, like in terms of ranking. Yeah. But he's on a roll and he has a great matchup. Like if you have Chubb or Barkley, would you consider benching either of them for Miles Sanders this week? I would with Saquon. I'm not sure I would with Nick Chubb. I still have faith in Nick Chubb. He's been quiet these past few weeks, but I still have faith for him to kind of turn things around. Um he like you said he was efficient against Baltimore before, although Baltimore's defense has been playing better as of late. Right. It's close. I would definitely put Miles Sanders maybe over Saquon Barkley. And that is so weird to say, considering he said, don't draft <laughs> me. But he said the matchup is perfect. You know, for Miles Sanders, he's been on a bit of a roll. He's had some big games these past few weeks. Oh, yeah. And he's starting to show a little bit more consistency in terms of the usage that he's getting and in terms of his efficiency. So I think maybe you'd start Miles Sanders over Saquon Barkley. I'm not ready to pull his trigger yet on starting him over Nick Chubb because Nick Chubb, he could have a big day anytime. And Kareem Hunt isn't really applying a whole lot of pressure, um, you know, in terms of him getting more snaps. So I think Nick Chubb has it locked down. I think I would still start him over Miles Sanders this week. If we see another big game, which is very possible with Miles Sanders, and Nick Chubb has another quiet day, then we'll talk. So talk to me in a week, and we'll see where things stand. I would leave but Zach, uh, Nick Chubb over Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders won't be going up against Chicago, No, Zach. No, he won't. <laughs> I don't know. I think you drafted Nick Chubb to be a stud. I think he is very much capable of being a stud. Miles Sanders, he could be a dud any week, too. And he's been playing well, but we've seen this with Miles Sanders. Sometimes they just get away from him. They've been relying on the run game a lot because they've been up in games. Chicago might be able to hang around a little bit because of Justin Fields. So we'll see how things go. Well, speaking of Justin Fields, uh, he's not feeling well. He's sick. They're calling him day-to-day with a sickness. So a Day-to-day we'll, we'll sickness. See. How bad is that sickness if you're calling him day-to-day? Right. Hey, man. I don't know. Maybe you got the vid. I don't know. No idea. <laughs> who, who, who know? I, I feel like even if you have COVID, I, I don't even think they like leave you out of practice anymore. You just like no. you just practice no. and you're good. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 I can see it, man. Like, I, I, that's why I have him at 10. And it's tough. Like, if you're play if you play in a full PPR league, you know, Saquon's getting targeted in the past game, even though he's not doing a whole lot with it. So mm-hmm. it, it's keeping his floor relatively high. And he did practice in full today. Uh, with that neck injury, so he doesn't seem to be banged up anymore, uh, or at least it, it might not affect him as much. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sanders like he definitely has a lot of upside this week. That's why he's all the way up at ten. Uh, then I got Joe Mixon at eleven uh, against Tampa Bay. 
he went into uh, Joe Mixon went into a bit more of a timeshare with Samaje Piran this past Sunday. Like I don't want to read yeah. too much into it, you know, given that it was his first game back from a concussion. We, we've seen we've seen teams be relatively cautious with players in their first game back, but his snap share went down all the way to fifty eight percent, and we'll see if this was because of the concussion or because Samaje Piran earned a larger share of the backfield. Yeah, I don't know how much earning there is to in this backfield. You know, Samaj P. Ryan, he's been like the passing down guy for the Bengals since Joe Mixon has been there. You know, that's been a problem with Joe Mixon's game. That's why he's never really ascended to that top five running back status. We've always had him as like a low or mid RB1, which is fine. But I think this was definitely them just kind of easing him back into it. I think Joe Mixon can get back to the spot that we want him to get to. Samaj P. Ryan's good, and he did very well filling in. But I think that it should be at least a 70, 30, 65, 35 split. Not how we saw it last week. It was more like 45, 55. Um, I, I think that Joe Mixon should be able to get back to that. Against Tampa I, Bay, I, we'll see. I agree ready? that it should be like that. But these coaches, you never know what, what they're going to do, right? And yeah. the way that Samaji has played over the past couple of weeks, tough, tough Tennessee defense, he played really well. Um, I mean, he he killed the Tennessee defense. Look at what Travis Etienne did last week. He didn't do nothing. Yeah, with guys banged up. Samaji Piran did it with, you know, relatively healthy, you know, front front seven for Tennessee. Um, so you know, it's worth paying attention to because, uh, you know, if 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 Samaji Piran is going to move into that rushing share of Joe Mixon's, it could affect him. Right? Yes, he was the passing down guy coming into this coming into the season and throughout the first, you know, half of the season, he's been that guy. But yep. if he's gonna like in this game, his rushing share went up by a little bit. Gotta gotta pay attention, you know, just a little bit, you know, because Joe Mixon, he he might not move very past, you know, far past this like low end RB one mark, the rest of the way. Uh, but at least he's on a good offense, you know. Hopefully, you know, if some of these wide receivers are out as well, we could see Joe Mixon get a few more targets on early downs. That's the hope. Right. Hopefully, that's the case moving forward. Um. I have Zeke at 12. Uh, you know, he's been getting it done every week. He's scored in six straight games. You know, this is what this team does. You know, they run the ball. That's their identity. Yep. He's seen at least 15 carries each of the last four weeks. And he has been involved in the pass game, too, over the past two weeks. So I'm going to just continue to ride the production. Like, he's somebody that you just don't want on your bench. Like, he'll be in my lineup regardless moving forward, which is crazy to say with Zeke. Yeah. You know, I have him at 12, you know, in, in, on, a, on a week where every team is playing. Yeah, that's just been one of the stories so far this season. You know, Zeke, maybe he just needed Tony Pollard to come back and, you know, help, you know, get him back to where he can be fresh every down that he plays. I don't think he's at a point where he can handle, you know, workhorse type of role anymore. I think Tony Pollard can do that. But Zeke is a little bit older. You know, he's been banged up a little bit these past few seasons. I think he's in a perfect role right now. The past six games that he's played, like you said, he scored. And listen to these stat lines, you know, PPR points that he's put up. They are identical. 15.6, 17.7, 17.7, 16.5, 18.1, 17.1. Like, you know exactly what you're getting with Z. Um, he's a high-end RB2, <laughs> you know? It's not even like you, if you have him as a flex, you know, that's even better. You know, that means you're starting somebody better at RB2. But you can put him at your RB2 and just, like, you know, sleep well at night. And he's been doing it regardless of matchup. You know, it's it doesn't matter who he goes against. And with Tony Pollard playing well, it doesn't matter. He's scoring touchdowns. He has four, five, six, seven, eight touchdowns. Yeah, eight touchdowns the past six weeks that he's played. You know, he, I think he's a lock for that pretty much now. He's the new Jamal Williams at this point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I have James Conner 
uh, at all the way down at 14. Uh, I skipped Aaron Jones. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, but I have Aaron Jones at 13 ahead of James Conner. Uh, you know, it looks like Aaron Jones is going to be fine. He's practicing. Uh, he had some sort of injury. I think it was a calf injury, if I'm not mistaken. He had a calf injury, you know, before their bye. So it looks like he's good to go. Uh, so he'll be fine. He has, you know, that ceiling. The only reason why I don't have James Conner ahead of him is because of the matchup. Um, yeah. And, you know, one can argue that James Conner should be at 14. You know, without Kyler, though, like this offense in general just might have a lower ceiling, you know, especially against Denver. Are they going to be able to move the ball that much? So that's my only concern there, uh, which I don't have the concern for Green Bay. So that's why I have Aaron Jones ahead of James Conner. But, you know, James Conner, three of his last four games, he's won over 20 PPR fantasy points. Uh, He's playing an every down role. He only missed like a handful of snaps less than a handful of snaps and that was with him getting hurt in one of the on one of these plays and coming right back in uh right. on uh this past week on thursday thursday night yeah no mm-hmm. on monday night oh yeah so, okay. yeah so it, it's something to like yeah yeah even it, it, like this looks like a tough matchup on paper but i'm not avoiding it at all because his role is one of the best in the nfl right now yeah he's a floor play and that's okay especially against Denver, you know, if you're, you could start him and be all right. But Aaron Jones, the thing for me, I think I definitely have him over James Conner, especially with the matchups. But the thing about Aaron Jones is his role in the receiving game. Um, he got a couple of end zone targets <laughs> like last week. Like the one, yeah. I think, traveled 30 yards in the air. I was like, oh, who's he throwing to? Is it gonna be Aaron Rodgers throwing to? Is it going to be Christian Watson? No, it was Aaron Jones down in the end zone. So I wouldn't undervalue his role there. I think he could get it done in the receiving game. Um and we've seen A.J. Dillon. He's come on a little bit these past few weeks after going really quiet. But Aaron Jones still, you know, I think the RB1 there, and he's going to be doing it. And they're going to need to use him, uh, especially, you know, maybe Jalen Ramsey gives Christian Watson some fits. We'll have to see how that goes. But I think Aaron Jones is locked in. His workload should be enough and diverse enough in terms of, you know, catching passes and running the ball. That he, I think his ceiling's a little bit higher than James Conner against Denver. I got Isaiah Pacheco at 15 in a great matchup against Houston. Uh, he's seen at least 16 touches in four of his last five games. So, you know, Pacheco, you know, on this offense, you know, that's what you want. You know, you want this is a very good matchup for running backs. We'll see if the Chiefs choose to run the ball against them. McKinnon is kind of stealing some of that rushing work away. So keep that in mind. Like, it's not the Pacheco show. Pacheco is definitely the, the, the one in this backfield. Uh, and and McKinnon is the two in terms of the rushing share. In, in terms yeah. of the receiving, McKinnon is running a ton of routes. He's the guy there. Uh, and when it comes to the ends, when it comes to the goal line, and when it comes to like red zone inside the ten, it could be either guy. If they're at the yeah. goal line, they want to run the ball, probably Pacheco. But you never know. McKinnon can get you know just to confuse the defenses a little bit. McKinnon can be on the field too. So you never know who's going to be the guy there. However, in this two man backfield. The floors of each of these guys have have gone up, you know, without CEH in the fold. So, yep. you know, Pacheco, four straight games of, of double digit, you know, PPR fantasy points, you know, in a great matchup against Houston. You know, he's a he's a pretty easy start this week. Yeah, he's he's looking good. He's a pretty safe bet, like you said, with the rushing work that he's getting to produce at least a little bit and enough that you won't be upset if you start him. Um, I like Jerk McKinnon's upside in the receiving game, but obviously that's not enough to put him over Isaiah Pacheco, who's more of the sure thing. Um, and, and that's about that. You covered it pretty well. Uh, I, I'm thinking Isaiah Pacheco should be all right, uh, regardless of matchup against Houston. It's a good matchup, so I wouldn't be surprised to do him see him do well. Maybe another hundred hundred yard performance on the ground. We'll see if they just you know kind of rely on that because Houston has been 
pretty good against quarterbacks. And I'm not just saying yeah. that because the Cowboys didn't play well against them last week. They've been pretty good in terms of fantasy yeah. perspective. They don't allow a whole lot of points. So keep an eye on Isaiah Pacheco. He might finish, you know, a lot higher than we have him ranked. Um, I think he'll definitely hit his, you know, 10, 12 point threshold that he's been locked in at these past few weeks. So. No, 100%. Um, let's see. I have Raheem Moser at 16. Now, I have Raheem Moser this high at 16, assuming Jeff Wilson does not play. So right. if Jeff Wilson does play, Raheem Moser is going to fall way down, I would say. Um, he would probably fall somewhere probably in the late 20s, something like that, maybe as a mm-hmm. mid-RB3. Um, but if Jeff Wilson isn't out, I'm Jeff Wilson is out, I'm going to put Raheem Moser right here at 16 uh, against Buffalo because he will get all the work. And if anyone gets all the work on a decent offense, you know, I don't think Miami's going to shit the bed, you know, an- another week. I think this will be a more competitive game. Even with the um, weather? I don't know. I'll have to see. I'm not saying they're going to yeah. completely shit the bed, but maybe that just lines up Raheem Mostert for more work. You know, they've had to rely maybe, on the ground. Yeah, maybe. it really depends on the weather. Like, I, like, I'm kind of treating this right now as, like, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. You know, right. that's, I guess that's what I'm, I'm I, I keep talking about this game like the weather's fine. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it might not be. So, like, you know, we have to keep in mind. I, I want to make sure that I don't, you know, discount what could happen in this game because let's talk – we should talk about how this game can look, um, you know, with without the weather. And then if the weather occurs, like if, the, if it's crazy snow, then we're like, all right, what do we do? Do we upgrade – everybody i'm sorry do we downgrade everybody do we upgrade mm-hmm. just the running backs do we even upgrade the running backs like i don't even know if i want to upgrade the running backs you know if the conditions are terrible like i don't even if the conditions are terrible i'm going to downgrade everybody including the running backs including uh, i Mostert. think i think seven inches of snow obviously not debilitating like three feet of snow <laughs> i think that should be something that they'll have the field prepared for there might be a little white on the field it might be snowing i'm not expecting it to be a white out i mean if it's only seven inches of snow if it's seven inches of snow that fall during game time, you know, in those three hours, obviously that's a lot different, but I don't think that's going to be the case. It might just be a light snow. It might not affect them at all. Um, it might so not. And, you know, point. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the wind too. It's like the wind is looking at 13, 10 miles per hour, which is yeah. not a lot at all. You know, that's that, that <laughs> if it's 10 miles per hour, 10 mile per hour winds, we're looking at a pretty good passing day. You yeah. know, uh, it's not bad at all. So just keep that in mind. Like the conditions can be bad, but let's wait and see on that. Um, but for now, like I think Raheem Mostert, you know, at 16 should be fine. I have Travis Etienne all the way down at 17 against Dallas. You know, this is a tough overall matchup for the offense. Um, you know, Dallas can be, you know, got on the you know on the ground, but Etienne, you know, he listen, his role is great. He's getting volume, but he hasn't had a good game since Week Nine against Vegas. Right, he, yeah. he 10 points against KC the last three games. Obviously, in week 12 against Baltimore, he left that game super early and you know wasn't able to do much in that game. But last week, 17 carries, the week before that, 13 carries. Uh, he did relatively well against Detroit, you know, but I think he had a fumble in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So, fumble loss, so that wasn't good. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, his, his snaps are up there 75% of snaps last week. You can't sit that, you know, um, despite whatever you think of the matchup and despite what he's done over the past couple of weeks, I know everyone's tempted to bench Travis Etienne. You know, if you have a Zonovan Knight, if you have a David Montgomery, I get it. But um, personally, I think Etienne can still get it done this week as he's gotten it done in tough matchups earlier on in the season. Yeah, I think Etienne can get it done. It, it, I think 
this Jaguars offense has been playing well despite him not doing his thing. So I think if they figure out a way to get him involved, which they might need to do against, you know, a pretty good team in Dallas, they could figure out a way to get him involved. He, he could do really well. I can see it's being a multi-touchdown day if they can get things clicking. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. It seems like if ETN's going to get more carries, it's going to come out of his receiving work. He's had 17 carries, obviously, last week, no targets. But then he went down to 13 carries a week before that, and he got three targets. So it's interesting to see how they're using him. I think they should get him more involved in the passing game because I think he has a lot to offer there, but we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't even expect it at this point because he's no. had, he hasn't had more than three catches in any game this season. So don't even expect it. You know what I'm saying? Like just expect him, his production to mostly be on the ground. That, and yeah. That's what I respect. And if he does get a couple targets, he could be efficient with those targets, but you know, don't, don't expect it. Just expect him. You know, you, if you're, if you're someone with Travis Etienne, you're hoping that this game stays relatively close. Yeah, it, it should. Like it, that's what you're looking for. The thing is, that's kind of interesting to me is that Damian Pierce went into Dallas, you know, on a cold streak, and he kind of revived himself a little bit. You know, that he he played decently well. He had seven three seventy three yards on the ground. He got back up to a startable, you know, level before he went out with the injury. So maybe Travis Etienne can do the same thing. We'll have to see how that goes. It really He's depends not- on whether Jacksonville can stay in this game. Right, that's yeah. what it depends on. Like and, the only reason why Damian Pierce was able to get the volume last week is because Houston was in the game; they were leading for a big part of the game as well. And Damian Pierce was able to get that volume. So as long as ETN, you know, as long as Jaguars can stay in this game, that's what matters when it comes to ETN. If if I see the Dallas go up by like two or three touchdowns early, uh, it would be tough for me to think that ETN would have a good game after that. Yeah, it, it it's tough to gauge what what happens because. Travis Etienne, he should be playing better than this. We saw him play much better than, than this on the same role earlier in the season. So, it, he's due for a bounce back for sure. Yeah, I think that kind of plays into and it a little bit. At least he's for not me. the type of back you want to have on your bench because he's he could go for twenty five anything any given right. game. You know, like but, he's a big right. yeah. he's a big play guy. And we talked about this, you know, when he was still fighting with James Robinson for a role that you know he passes the eye test with flying colors. You know, he looks really good when he plays. It just hasn't been there. So maybe a bounce back. If not this week, I'm not sure if it'll be next week either. Um, but at some point, you got to figure they're going to turn around with Travis Etienne. Just make it to your championship game with Travis Etienne because he has Houston in week 17. Okay, yeah. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Zodeman Knight <laughs> got him at 18 here. Uh, this is basically where he's going to stay uh, for the most part. You know, he's he's good for like, you know, 15 to 20 touches. He's involved in the pass game as well. Uh, going up against Detroit, this is a tough matchup for running backs uh, lately. But uh, I think I still think he can get it done. You know, Minnesota also wasn't allowing a ton of fan, a ton of yards per carry against them, and he was able to get it done against them. So, not that many running backs are breaking tackles at the rate that Zonovan Knight is. He is a good running back. He's looking good, and if this Jets offense is going to do anything uh, in this game, it's a lot of it's going to go through Zonovan Knight. Yeah, and Michael Carter at this point is an afterthought, right? I mean, in terms of fantasy, I mean, at least. I, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, in terms of fantasy, yes, you can start Michael Carter. But he's not an afterthought in the backfield because he's still playing 50% of snaps. Like, he's still out there. He's still running routes. He just happened to not get the touches last week. All right. So, I, I don't think that's going to be too much of a threat to Zombie Knight. I wouldn't be surprised to see Zombie Knight get more touches. That That's just me. If I'm a coach, I'd give Zombie Knight more touches. But obviously, I'm not the coach. Um, I think this I is. I see it. If the Jets go up in a game, like you know, like last week, they were down, right? Like if they go yeah. up in a game, I could see them getting twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three carries, definitely. 
Yeah, I think that would be in the cards. And do you think they can go up this week against Detroit? I mean, this Jets defense, well, I don't think it's anything that the so Lions Vegas, have seen recently. The Vegas has does have the Jets favored in this game at home. Yeah. Preciser has the Lions favored. But, you know, so this could go either way. So there is a chance that the Jets are up in this game or are in a neutral game script all, all game long. Right. I got David Montgomery at 19 here. Like, it, this one's pretty simple. He's playing an every down role right now. Uh, Khalil Herbert could come back in week 16. So you have like another week of David Montgomery playing a workhorse role. So even against Philly, you know, they're not great against running backs. They've actually given up some fantasy points to running backs this year. So Montgomery, you know, they're going to want to try and run the ball against Philly, um, opposed to passing against them. And obviously, you know, with Justin Fields out there, you know, who is he passing the ball to anyway, <laughs> you know, with the, with yeah. Donald Mooney out? So they're going to try to establish the run uh, as much as they can. And David Montgomery is going to be a huge part of that. You know, he's been getting it done lately, you know, when while Khalil Herbert has been out. So, you know, go ahead and start him. And I had Kenneth Walker at 20. You know, Kenneth Walker is usually in the top 10, 12, 15 at the worst. But he's coming off the injury, number one. And number two, he's going up against San Francisco. Yeah. And it's a short week. So, yeah, I don't know if that factors into the injury, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Do you think Travis Homer might have any shot at still taking some snaps? Do you think they might have him on a snap count, Kenneth Walker, this week? Might I don't know. I mean, field? Travis Homer was always the passing down back anyway, so he's going to get some snaps. Uh, but right. Walker, you know, he did practice in full yesterday. I'm expecting him to practice in full again today. Um, so that's, you know, take that for what it is. He seems like he's okay. Seems like he's healthy yeah. enough to practice in full on a Tuesday. That's a good sign. Uh, but at the same time, the the matchup is rough. Uh, that's my only concern with Kenneth Walker this week. Yeah, and he's kind of come back down to earth, you know, from what he was earlier in the season scoring touchdowns. He hasn't uh, scored a touchdown in two of the past three weeks, although he did have two touchdowns against Las Vegas um, a couple weeks ago. But uh, outside of that, he hasn't been very explosive. You know, he didn't have many carries, obviously, against the Rams because he got hurt. But um, Tampa Bay, he took 10 for 17, and that wasn't very efficient at all. So his run game ability has kind of worn down a little bit from what we've seen it. I think he can get back to that, but maybe not this week against Tampa. And that, I think, warrants him being at 20. He was on his way to a good game last week against the Rams, but unfortunately he had to get out of that game. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, two weeks ago against the Rams. I got Alvin Kamara all the way down at 21. He's just really, really hard to trust right now. Now, Mark Ingram, you know, he's out, you know, for the rest of the fantasy season. So maybe yeah. you want to bump up Kamara a little bit. But listen, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in David Johnson, you know, and they bring in him and just have him play the Mark Ingram role, you know, and just have mm -hmm. him, you know, take away 30% of snaps. I wouldn't be surprised. It really comes down to like, yo, you need to give Alvin Kamara the ball. He needs to be on the field and he needs to be targeted a ton. And that hasn't yep. been happening lately. And that's my concern with him. This is a good matchup, relatively good matchup for running backs. But I just don't have a lot of trust in Kamara. Like, and you can see that because I only have him ranked one spot ahead of Najee Harris. Yeah. Do you think it's an Alvin Kamara problem or do you think it's the offense? I think it's the offense. Just the way that they're using him has not been good at all. I it's mean, the way that they've been using him. Yeah. yeah. Also, he hasn't been super efficient on a per-touch basis either. But at the same time, it's like you give him volume, that will take care of itself. Yeah, I'm kind of tuning out Alvin Kamara of my top 15, definitely, the rest of the season, maybe even the top 20. I think down here it makes sense, the way he's been producing. And this Saints team, they don't have a whole lot to play for the rest of the season. So I'd maybe temper expectations there a little bit, unless we're playing spoiler. 
it's I guess you could say it's a close race in the NFC South, but it doesn't look like whoever goes from that division is going to go anywhere this season. I don't think it's going to be the Saints the way they're playing. So I, I think that Alvin Kamara definitely time for expectations. I wouldn't be surprised to see him settle here for the rest of the season at 21 in this range uh, of low RB2, high RB3. I got Jamal Williams at 23. Uh, I had Najee Harris at 22 against Carolina. Good matchup. He can get some volume in this game uh, with being a, probably either a neutral game script uh, or better. Uh, but Jamal Williams at 23 against the Jets. I have him down here because of the tough matchup. Will the Lions be able to score against the Jets? I think they'll put up some points, but maybe not as much as we're used to. Uh, and then I got Brian Robinson at 24 against the Giants. I think he could put up some volume in this game. We saw Miles Sanders have a huge game against the Giants, and the Giants have been vulnerable to running backs on the ground all year long. So Brian Robinson yeah. could potentially have some volume. Uh, would you would you consider playing him over some of these other guys I have it I have in front of him? I would maybe consider him over Najee Harris. I would maybe consider him over Alvin Kamara. I want to say Jamal Williams, but after what we saw with DeAndre Swift last week, you know, we could see Jamal Williams just, you know, stake a claim on that role of 16 carries, you know, maybe two touchdowns on the ground. Um, I think if they're going to get it, the ball moving, it might be on the ground against the Jets. We'll have to see. Um, but Brian Robinson, I think, you know, it seems like the commanders are in love with him in terms of using him. His usage has gone way up and it's stayed there the past few weeks. So it looks like he's kind of there to stay in that backfield. I think he's overtaken Antonio Gibson in terms of fantasy value. I know he has a receiving work. Antonio Gibson does. But Brian Robinson's just been getting a hefty workload on the ground. He's been oh, yeah. slightly more efficient than he was earlier on. Um, he's a tough he's runner. He's definitely looked better. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely looked better lately for sure. He's a tough runner. And he's the hammer. It seems like they're using him pretty exclusively once they get into that red zone goal line, um, especially the goal line. You know, they're going to give him those carries. In the red zone, you see Antonio Gibson in a little bit as a receiver that usually – they, they've lined him up in the slot and, you know, off on the wing. But um, I, I think Brian Robinson, his workload is locked in enough and he's been efficient enough that I would maybe put him over Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris at this point. But Jamal okay, Williams, yeah. I would keep over him. Probably a better bet for volume, right, Brian yeah. Robinson? Yeah, they've been yeah, running the offense through, you know, kind of the run game. Obviously, Taylor Heineke's getting it done, but that, I think that having them in the run game, Brian Robinson doing his thing, has been, allowed them to be a better offense overall, and they're going to continue to do that, especially since it's what's been helping, helping them to win these past few weeks. I got Deontay Foreman at 25. We saw this become a little bit more of a timeshare uh, between him, Chuba Hubbard, and even Blackshear as well. Uh, but Blackshear, you know, he's not very involved. But, you know, you kind of want no touches to go to any other running backs. Uh, last year, even, yeah. you know, he vultured a goal line touch last week and, and turned into a touchdown. You wish that that was Deontay Foreman if you started him. But, you know, he is the 1A in this backfield. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard, if you play in a PPR league, might have a higher floor than Deontay Foreman. But I think the ceiling would probably go to Deontay Foreman, given the fact that he will most likely be their goal line guy. He, he Despite some vultures, uh, there were like seven or eight goal line snaps for the Panthers last week. He did get most of them. Uh, but yeah. Chuba Hubbard and Blackshear did kind of, you know, come in for for some of those. Um, yeah. Consider the fact, too, that the Panthers ran it a lot last week. Oh, yeah. You know? They ran it a lot. I mean, Deontay Foreman, he still had 21 carries. Uh, Chuba Hubbard had 14. And Raheem Blackshear, like you said, had four. I don't think there's going to be that 37, 40 number of carries, you know, to go around each week for the Panthers. I was surprised that they went up and stayed up on the Seahawks. Um, that was a surprise to me. But um, I don't think that's going to happen, you know, on a week-to-week -week basis. They're I not think it's going to happen this good. week. It, it could. 
It could. They have turned into a run-first offense. You know, if you look at like what they've been doing lately, uh, you know, they've been running the ball a lot, and that's really what they've been doing. And their defense has kind of held it down for the most part too, which is not what we were expecting either. Right. I kind of feel like this is a better team. You know, I I was talking about this offense not being good, and that's why I don't want any part of this backfield, especially the early down guys. But now, the the fact that they have been extremely diligent and successful at running the ball, like I'm I'm in on this backfield a lot more than I was beforehand. Now, it does suck that not all the work is going to Deontay Foreman, but there's so many carries to go around that both him and Chuba Hubbard are able to get done. So even if I have Chuba, I have Chuba right outside the top 30 this week. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's a solid flex play uh, this week, especially against Pittsburgh. You know, Mitch Trubisky might be the starter. You know, who knows? You know, it's possible that Kenny Pickett's back. But regardless, you know, Steelers, the Steelers aren't a team that is going to score a lot of points. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for these running backs in a neutral game script or positive game script to get a ton of work. So if, if I'm going to think about any, like if I'm going to try to figure out which games these running backs could combine for like 35 touches, like I think this would be one of them. It could be. I mean, is it because they combined for like 35, 40 touches last week? Would you be saying that they had like 20 touches last well, week? They, well, well, they did it two weeks ago also, right? Like uh, against Denver, right? They also did it then as well. So there, this is two games in a row where the Panthers were able to do that. And they've, be, they've been super run heavy uh, over the past couple of games, you know, with especially after Sam Darnold has come in. All right. That's fair. I hear you. I got Damian Harris at 26 uh, against the against Vegas. This is obviously assuming, like if you notice, Roger Stevenson is not in these rankings. Because yeah. we're assuming that he's out. The reports are initial reports that he has a high ankle sprain. Now, there's nothing official that has come out that has come out about that, but it's possible that Ramondre Stevenson has a high ankle sprain, which would put him out probably for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. Unfortunately, but yeah. that's just me talking. That's just other medical experts looking at <laughs> Dr. Siddiqui looking at what this injury might end up being. But hopefully, it's just a low ankle sprain and he's able to come back. You know, yeah. that's the hope. Uh, but uh, if he's not playing this week, I have Damian Harris at 26 against Vegas. Uh, the Patriots can move the ball, you know, against Vegas. There's probably going to be some goal line looks, you know, ahead uh, ahead for Damian Harris this week. He probably won't play the role that Ramondre Stevenson is playing. I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Like maybe Pierre Strong, you know, ends up, you know, playing a passing down sort of role, you know, to complement Damian Harris. Maybe we even see, you know, Kevin Harris come in a little bit. We've seen the Patriots run a three-man show before. Uh, yeah. Damian Harris maybe with 50% of snaps and then those other guys splitting the rest. That's possible too. But I think and that's why I have Damian Harris all the way down at 26 uh, because of that uh, factor. Yeah. Right? Like We could see 15 to 20 carries for Harris, but I don't expect uh, a ton of targets or anything like that for him. It'll be interesting to see how he's used because we know that like we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast this season, you know, we haven't seen Bill Belichick go workhorse with a running back like Ramondre Stevenson, like he has with Ramondre Stevenson. So I don't think D- Damian Harris is going to do that. I wouldn't be surprised. I think they're going to rotate Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong behind him in terms of the receiving game. I think Damian Harris is going to be used ex- almost exclusively in the run game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Harris squared show plus Pierre Strong. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can see that. Um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. You know, Damian Harris, you know, is a good back. To keep in mind, too, like, you know, he's banged up. He might yeah. not play. Um, <laughs> it's this possible is, yeah, this is Damian assuming Harris he play. plays. 
He didn't yeah, play last week. He didn't play last week, but he did travel with the team. You know, he was doubtful, but he did right. travel with the team just in case. So, you know, that's a good sign that maybe he might be ready for this week. Right. Rashad White, I have him at 27 here uh, against Cincinnati. This is, you know, a tough matchup for running backs. Uh, Leonard Fournette was very involved. I have him at 29. I have DeAndre Swift with, you know, right snap, smack dab right in the middle between White and Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, White took the lead, especially in the run game last week, and he was, you know, equally as targeted as Fournette, but Fournette ran a lot more routes than White did. So White was targeted on a higher, uh, you know, uh, higher percentage of his routes. Uh, but both these guys have relatively high floors in PPR, 10 to 15 points, a uh, little bit of a tough matchup, but not as bad of a matchup as they had last week against San Francisco. So I think, right. you know, the, there's both decent starts, you know, RB3 flex play starts um, against Cincinnati. And then DeAndre Swift, like I have him above Fournette just because I think he has a little bit more upside, right, yeah. a, a, against the Jets. Like it's one of those things where like, you know, you know, how much upside does Fournette really have in this game? You know, are they going to give him the goal line looks? Are they going to give Rashad White the goal line looks if they have any? You know, because of that, I don't know. And because of the fact that Rashad White is getting such a, a bit, got such a big part, uh, big share of that rushing work last week, I think Leonard Fournette got less than 30% of the rushes for, for that backfield last week. So that's not great. Uh, yeah. So Swift, you know, I'm hoping that you know, the pendulum swings back in his favor. Maybe we see some of that work, uh, some of the type of work that he saw in week 13 that we wanted to see last week. Maybe yeah. we, maybe that comes back a little bit this week in a, in a game where they got to get their playmakers involved um, against the Jets. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think it, the pendulum can swift back? Sw- swift yeah. back? Do you think it can swing back? Like, I feel like it can. It's just, there's no telling, like, what's going to cause him to have the workload that he had in week 13 and then what he's going to, ha- when he's going to have, yeah. you know, last week, Agreed. it seems they don't have it's a like, game plan it would for be, him. It would be stupid to assume, I would say that, you know, like I can't assume that we're going to see what we saw in week 14. I, yeah. I can't assume that we're going to see what we saw in week 13. Like who knows? Like if we, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw what we had in week 13, you know? So it's not like after what we saw last week, you just got to bench him, right? Mm-hmm. He's still an upside play. I wouldn't be surprised either way. <laughs> you know, he's, right, I think right. at this point, the definition of boom bust, not because of a talent issue, it's just the usage. Like, who knows what's going on? Like, to quote um, Dan Campbell, his coach, you know, he was talking about Penn Suel getting that pass, you know, this week. Um, what the fuck are we doing with DeAndre Swift? <laughs> you know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, what's going to happen? Nobody knows. So it, it's interesting to see. I wonder what's going to happen uh, with DeAndre Swift this week. Um, Me too, man. Just, Me too. I'm, 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 hoping, I'm hoping that we, we can get some a good game. See, what's going to happen is that he's going to have a good game this week. We're going to start him in week 16 with confidence, and then he's going to get less touches again. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's just going to go back and forth, and then people are going to be sitting there with him in, on their roster championship week, and they'd be like, do I rest do I my do? championship hopes on DeAndre <laughs> Swift? <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's what's it's going to be tough. All right. And then I, we're closing it out with J.K. Dobbins here against Cleveland. Good matchup. You know, hopefully Tyler Huntley is going to play. If he does play, I'm cool playing J.K. If he doesn't play, I know that they might depend on the run game, but it's still going to be tough for me to play yeah. J.K. Dobbins 
Uh, but, you know, they have a good defense. You know, he could get some value. But just keep in mind that Gus Edwards was very involved. He only got a couple less carries than J.K. Dobbins last week. It just happened. It just so happened that J.K. Dobbins ended up with the production. Yeah, I look at it as Gus Edwards. You know, he might be playing a larger role than he did, um, obviously, with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins had a good week last week. But the thing is, if it is Anthony Brown or some other unnamed quarterback that we don't know that would be starting for the Ravens outside Tyler Huntley, nobody's going to have to really respect the pass. You know, they're just going to load up the box against the run. J.K. Dobbins, it could be tough sliding for him. Uh, I think having him at 30 makes sense. And that's going to do it, guys. That's our rankings, quarterback rankings, running back rankings. Good luck this week. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time for our wide receiver rankings and our tight end rankings. Uh, the Patreon is going to be updated with the rankings tomorrow uh, before tomorrow night's game. So you can go to patreon.com slash fantasy. The link is also in the description. You can find all the rankings there. Uh, positional rankings, flex rankings, all that. Um, and that's it. I appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Big week. Big week. See you guys Thank later. You. Bye-bye.